You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, man, it is so fun to, to worship together. I was thinking during second service in particular, what we are doing here is super important. The, to gather together to worship during Christmas. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, you're an answer to prayer. And today is a big day. It's Christmas 2022, ready or not. And whether you're like Buddy the Elf, that you love Christmas 365 days a year, or if you're a little Scrooge, and you don't have to raise your hands, either way, I want you to know that our goal is to experience the power of God in Christmas. And again, we're encouraging you to bring guests not only to the Christmas, um, holly jolly Christmas experience, but also on Sundays. And, and listen, it's a season of giving. How many have heard that before, right? We're to be giving and thinking outside of ourselves. Well, what about giving a chance for someone else to experience what you have found meaningful. You're here for a reason. Bring someone with you, and I just believe that it will make your Christmas extra special. Now, today as we start our message, I want to start talking about music. Any music lovers in the house? Come on. If you're a music lover, uh, let me see. All right, I'm glad that Pastor Bobby raised his hand. All right. Did you raise your hand for a service? Okay, you did. All right, good. Well, listen, music is powerful, isn't it? It moves us. It can change our mood from an up to a down. It can uh, help us remember things. How many have ever put something you need to remember to music? I remember back as a kid in kids' church, uh, we would often learn memory verses out of the Bible, and we'd learn them to a tune. And literally, I could sing those memory verses to you right now but I'm going to withhold because we don't know what, nobody wants that. But l- music is powerful in that way. It ties us to different seasons of our lives, different relationships. And whether you know it or not, there's a spiritual nature to music. There's a lot that could be said around that. One thing that I remember this week as I was thinking about music is that Satan was the head worshiper in heaven before he fell from grace. And it's interesting that Satan, he will take music and can change it and can be, it can become destructive if we're not careful. And so parents, we've got to be careful what we allow in our homes. But whether you love music or love Christmas music in particular. In fact, who here loves Christmas music? Now there, it's a little more divided. Either you love it or you hate it. Uh, And the problem with Christmas music is, when does Christmas music begin, right? Well, in my household, it is settled uh, forever. Jessica's birthday is on October 31st. And so November 1st, It's Christmas season. The Christmas tree goes up and the Christmas music goes on. And that's just the way it is. Now, if Jessica really had her way, she'd probably take a little break in January. But after February 14th, after Valentine's Day, it'd be Christmas season again, wouldn't it? Not sure. I'm not sure. But anyway, it's it's fun. Christmas music, some of it's goofy. Some of it's fun. Some of it's nostalgic. Some of it is very meaningful. 
And who can't get behind the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, right? Come on. I mean, it's just awesome. Somebody in the church a few years ago uh, gifted our family the opportunity to go to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra at, in Grand Rapids. I guess they're playing tonight. Uh, it is incredible. If there's tickets, you ought to go uh, do it. But it is just fun. And regardless of what you think about music or Christmas music in particular... I want to turn the table for a moment and go theological on you for a second. Whether you know it or not, we were all created to interact with music. We were all created to worship. We were all made to sing. In fact, the Bible says if we don't sing, the rocks will cry out. Some of you know that verse. And so we are called to make a joyful noise. Now, a joyful noise doesn't always mean that you're right on key. It's just a noise. We need to make a noise. And with that basic understanding as a background, we have crafted a Christmas series that we are calling Christmas Carols. And these are going to be sermons that we can sing. And believe it or not, the goal is from this point forward, we're going to sing the sermons and everything is going to come together and it's going to be beautiful. And so if you could turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Lock the doors. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not going to sing. I'm just kidding. Although this is a true story. This last week, I was, it was my turn to lead staff prayer. And we normally pray like up in here. And, uh, and we did a prayer wheel, which I've done with some of you guys. And one of the five-minute sessions on the prayer wheel is to sing your prayers. And uh, it was one of the most... Um, Awkward moments, four of the pastors up here singing prayers, and uh, Bobby belted out a really great prayer. I sang some prayers, Pastor Jamie did, but none of us heard Sean. <laughs> and at the end of the five minutes, I'm like, I am glad that's over. So, and I'm glad, and I know you're glad that I'm not going to be singing these messages. So, so Christmas carols, let's get to it. Christmas carols, we're not going to be looking at Christmas carols that are goofy, or Christmas carols about the weather. We're not going to be unpacking any songs about Christmas shoes. If you know, you know, okay? And we're not going to say that grandma got ran over by the reindeer and correlate that to Satan being defeated after the rapture. I promise you that. And lastly, we're not going to say that Jesus is the truer and more authentic Frosty the Snowman. No, no, no. We're going to talk about Christmas carols ancient songs, most of them. Songs like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Joy to the World, and O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. These songs are dripping with the gospel message. Songs with rich theology. And we're going to uncover some weird phrases that we sing. And the goal is to lessen the gap between what we sing and what we actually understand. And remember, the goal is to experience Jesus in a powerful way this year. And so we're going to turn our brains on and be aware this season that we, are, that we are going to sing these carols and not only sing them, but we want to apply them to our lives. And by the way, when we think about Christmas carols, this next Saturday, we're not, we haven't made it a big deal, but on the 10th of 
January, or December, we are, uh, Pastor Bobby and the city of Ferrysburg is uh, going to have a party at Ferry Park, William Ferry Park, which is right around the corner. If you did the uh, July 4th event with us um, where we served there, uh, they've asked us to serve again, and Pastor Bobby and many of you are going to be Christmas caroling uh, for that event, and it's at 6 o'clock Saturday night. You ought to come on out. My whole family is going to be there. We're going to have a blast, and uh, I think Jessica's singing, Pastor Bobby. It's going to be great, but anyway, but this week, we're, we're going to look at, oh, there it is, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And when we look at O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, this is one of the oldies. And I'm not talking like from the 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s, depending on how old you are. We're talking 1,200 years plus, depending on which source you uh, read. And as we lay a groundwork for the song, for the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, I want you to know that there's many times in the song that it will say, Rejoice. And when we say rejoice, we are joining the saints of old. This was written about people who were waiting, longing for a Savior to come. It's a story of Israel, and what that means is that was God's people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, and they were looking to be freed from slavery, looking for someone to wipe away their their tears. And so this song, when it says rejoice, rejoice, it's because someone was coming to change it all. And by the way, Jesus came, and we celebrated at communion today. And like we mentioned in communion, we receive communion until he returns again. The promise is that he's going to return for us. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and let's read together out loud the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel song. Here we go. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Verse 2. O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory o'er the grave. O come, thou dayspring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. O come, thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path of misery. And then if you know the song, it says, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Say it with me. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Now, as we think about this song, I want to bring your attention to the idea of titles or nicknames. How many know that nicknames can be good and they can also be embarrassing? When I was growing up, I, my parents gave me the name Benjamin Daniel Vey, great, good name, but they decided to call me Benji for short. That was my nickname until I went into junior high. Now, that name is fine, Benji, and if there's any other Benjis or if you want to be called Benji, no problem. But when I was growing up, there also, at that time, there was a series of 
movies and shows that were called Benji, and it was about a dog. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, they're all, you know, you know. And so the older I got, the more I got teased, and trust me, I've had my fair share of therapy around this, but when I was moving into junior high, I didn't want to be called Benji anymore. I said, call me Benji. Ben. And from that point forward, really, my name was Ben. Although there was one friend until we graduated high school, he was the only one that called me Benji. Now, I want you to think about a nickname, your worst and your best nickname that you have been called. Think about it, uh, your worst or your best, positive or negative. I was mentioning this to Pastor Bobby, and he, he blurted out a, a name that he was called inappropriate for this context, for sure. And uh, and in fact, it's in my notes here, but I I will not say it, Um, but you can ask them about it. And then I was thinking sometimes our nicknames are earned. Like in sports, Magic Johnson. He was one of the greats in the 80s and 90s, right? Magic Johnson. And then I was thinking about Bobby. I don't know. You can ask him about his Worst nickname ever. But where we should focus is that in Scripture, there were different names, different titles given to Jesus, kind of titles like doctor or professor or pastor, and there were a lot of them. And these names would describe who Jesus was and what Jesus could do. And it's kind of fun. When you first come to faith, especially if you don't have a background at all, um, just recently we had some newer believers. Uh, they were, we were talking about mentoring a little bit, and they were saying, you know, we're struggling. We're not sure if we're p- to pray to God or do we pray to Jesus. And I said, yes, you pray to both. And then I threw in that there's a third, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and it's like your mind is blown. It's like, what? And uh, it's kind of fun when you start to understand. And the neat thing about the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, one of the oldest carols, is that there are parts within that song that point us, that want to emphasize who Jesus was and what he has done. And so in the four verses, there's four nicknames, four titles, so to speak. And the first one is the name of the song. It's in there, Emmanuel. It's in verse 1, and it's rooted in the Christmas story. Now, if you have your copy of God's Word, turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, and let's read part of the Christmas story. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, and look what it says, look, The virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. 
Emmanuel with an I there, and the song, it's E, uh, Emmanuel. It's the same thing. It could go either way, which means, and say it with me, God with us. And then when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary to be his wife, and Joseph named him Jesus. I love it. God with us, Emmanuel. And this Emmanuel, according to the song, was able to ransom Israel. That means to save, right? So he can ransom us. He can save us. And what that means to me, as I've studied this and really put a lot of thought, it it means that God is not distant. He's not detached. In fact, one of the most extraordinary miracles is found in John chapter 1. Each of the Gospels have a uh, story around the birth of Jesus, the Christmas story. John 1 is interesting. It says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And then the Word was with God, right? And then in verse 14, it says, the Word became flesh, flesh and bones, and dwelt among us. In other words, Emmanuel, God with us. And it's interesting, these truths are what distinguish us from other world religions. And it's important. It's important for us to know this to be true. And the reason it's important is because there's a big problem that we all face. And that problem is our sin nature. It's a core problem for us. And the root of sin, it leads to death. It looks different for every single one of us. And there's a scripture that says, we have all decided to go our own way. And on first glance, you say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. We should go our own way. No, no, no. Because when we go our own way, we are being separated from Jesus. And that happened with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And so it's bad, right? It's, it's sad. But then the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, says, Rejoice, there's great news. And the great news, church, is that God has not left us alone in this weary world. Can I get an amen? Emmanuel is the first nickname. God with us. And God with us, he can save us. Now, in the next two nicknames or or more titles is the Rod of Jesse and the King of David. We see it in verse 2 and in verse 4. And back to the Christmas story. Turn with me there. Stay there. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. Let's read it. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king? Very important. I've got it underlined here in my Bible. Where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as, he, as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He He called a meeting of the leaders and the priests and teachers of the law and asked, where is this Messiah? That's talking about Jesus or Savior. Where is this Savior supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the ruling cities of Judah. Listen, for a ruler, a king, will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people 
Israel. This is important. This is huge. What is happening here? A king, the Messiah, the Savior would come. In fact, Scripture says that it would come to unite, to unite the nations, the king would. All nations, all tribes. At the end of the day, someday we know that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And that will happen forever and ever and ever. And we see a little bit of this in the Okamokami Manual. It says that Jesus, he's the rod or the branch of Jesse. He's the root or the key of David. And you might be saying, what do these things even mean? And I understand uh, at first blush you say there's no meaning, at least to me. But when you understand that this is part of the kingly lineage, Jesus, when he was born, had the right to be the king. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, Verse 6, we're not going to read the, the lineage or the ancestor of how Jesus became to be. That's in Matthew chapter 1. It is an interesting read with a lot of names that I don't know how to pronounce, and so I'm not going to do it. But in verse 6, uh, well, right before verse 6, it says, Obed was the father of Jesse, the rod of Jesse, right? And then in verse 6, it says, Jesse was the father of King David, and David was the father of Solomon, and so on and so forth. And all the way to the end Mary giving birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. This is powerful. This is important. And the problem for many of us is that we don't see Jesus as a king. In fact, I would ask you, it's an important question. Do you see Jesus as the king? And not a king that's distant. Remember, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Not a king that rules with an iron fist or with a thumb down on us, no, or destructive or oppressive, no, 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 a God that loves us, that cares for us, our needs, what do you need from the Lord, and I want you to know that the rod of Jesse, the king of David, that's Jesus, he has the power to take care of our needs, period, Jesus came to earth as a baby, non-threatening, not just any baby, in the proper lineage of Jesse and David, and he is the rightful king. So, Emmanuel, the rod, the key, and there's a fourth nickname that is Dayspring. And Dayspring is an interesting thing. It's seen in verse 3 of the song, and it really is not a word that we use all that often. It means the dawn or the sunrise. And uh, it's interesting that Zechariah, in Luke chapter 1, verses 78 through 79, uh, the John the Baptist, that was his dad, Zechariah, and he prophesied after John the Baptist was born. And if you don't know the story, uh, just trust me, uh, there's this prophetic word about Jesus that says that when he comes, he will be like the sunrise of grace and mercy. In fact, we have the, the words up here. Let's look at it for a second. It says, because of God's tender mercies, the morning light, that's the day spring, the, the dawn from heaven is about to break in upon us. Isn't that cool? To give light to bring light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. I love that. And what's great is that we see this idea 
even in the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 2, let's continue there, verse 13. It says, After the wise men were gone, and the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, said, Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to stretch, or to stretch, to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt and the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. We see that in Hosea chapter 11, verse 1. Now it's interesting. You say, what's, what's happening here? Emmanuel, God with us, would come in the Old Testament to deliver God's people out of the hands of the Egyptians, deliver them from slavery. The miracle of deliverance they're referring to is the story of the Red Sea being parted and God's people walked through on dry ground. Let's look at it. It continues, verse 16 and 17. It says, Herod, this is the Christmas story, was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Pause there for a second. Sometimes we read that and we just keep on going. And what's crazy is that this king, King Herod, killed all the boys two and under. Can you even imagine the horror of an event like that. There would have been weeping and wailing and hiding kids. I mean, it was just chaos. This is part of the Christmas story, and it says, and Herod brutals, his, Herod's brutal actions fulfilled what, the, what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry would be heard in, in Ramah. Weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. That's in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 15. You say, what's happening here? When Jesus, Emmanuel, the rod, the key of David, shows up, there will be no more weeping. Hope was coming. There would be a restoration and would heal even our deepest hurts. When we look at the word day spring, we think of Jesus. He is the sunrise and the sunrise can take care of any dark clouds. Come on, let's look. He can take care of the dark clouds that we all experience at times. Depression, addiction, death's shadows, And I've got a question. Have you ever felt like you've been in a situation where God is no longer with you? I know Michigan can get pretty cloudy in the fall and winter and even into the spring. And sometimes it gets really bad. It can be days or even months. I remember growing up in Detroit and there was a a year that was like 60-something days, no sunshine. Today I think it's sunshining uh, for those that are here, but... But you know, the thing about clouds is that the sun, S-U-N, never goes away. It's just covered up. And the truth is, spiritually, that the sun, the S-O-N of God, that's Jesus, he is there always as well. 
And when the day spring comes, the sunrise, how many know he will take those dark clouds and they will be no more? That's powerful. There's a family in our church that has walked through a pretty difficult season recently. Uh, the majors, Darren, just gives a little wave back here. If you don't know Darren, he's awesome. Uh, Darren and Joels, we love them. And uh, Darren, uh, this is, I'm telling this with permission, uh, he uh, was looking for housing, still have, doesn't have the housing completely figured out, but um, uh, in and out, and, and uh, a tree fell on his car and on his house, and the power went out, and uh, they had to fix some things. His car was totaled, and people from the church stepped up and, and were helping him. But I remember, Darren, I don't know if you, you remember, I shared with you before this, but uh, Darren, in a moment of just kind of vulnerability, he says, Pastor, you don't want my life. And I remember that. And I'm like, oh, man. And I, I knew it was coming from a deep place of, of hurt and, and that it was a tough time. And I get that. And... The thing is, Darren, there were definitely some clouds. But even fast forward a month to today, you got a new car. We're going to get it fixed up for you. Your housing, God's got that. And things are bright. See, the thing is, when we put our hope in Jesus, the day spring, he takes care of the darkness. Jesus heals even our deepest hurts. And that's why in the song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, we come to the point where it says, Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel. Because we serve and we, we look uh, to a, a God that treats us different. We are different and we can rejoice even in the hardest circumstances. And it's crazy to me how a song 1,200 years old uh, can mean so much. And I would invite the worship team to come back as we prepare to respond. But the message is to remember who Jesus is and what he can do. That's what the point of this song, to remember that he is. It's based on the authority of Scripture. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He can save us. He is the rod, the key. He's the king, right? He has the power to take care of whatever your needs are. There's no more pain. No, we can cast our cares on Jesus. Let's stand as we prepare to sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and look at that last piece. He is the day spring, the sunrise. He can take care of the dark clouds in our lives. Death is no more. You will not be let down. And this morning, as we sing this, and we'll come to the point where we say, rejoice, rejoice, I want you to sing it out with gusto. Pastor Bobby, lead us in O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Man, I hope I never sing that song the same. Emmanuel. God with us. As we think about that, church, He can save us. He can save your family. He can save your 
friends and your neighbors, your co-workers, your schoolmates. He's a savior of the world. I want to just give it a quick opportunity. If you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior, the Bible says that we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. What that means is that none of us, not one of us here is good enough to get into heaven on our own. We need a Savior to cover our sin. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. He took our sin so that we could live forever with Him. And all we need to do is receive the free gift of salvation. With everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you need the Lord to save you, would you just slip up your hand right where you are? I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm just curious who second service is responding to the salvation call. Anyone at all. If you're online, certainly you can put in there, I need Jesus, and we will follow up with you every single time. Any hands going up? I don't, I don't want to miss anyone at all. With your head continued bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to imagine the next two Christmas services right here. You could have your family, your friends that are away from the Lord to have a spot, to have a chance for them to come to know Jesus. We're going to cast the net each time. I just want to encourage you to bring your guests But as your heads are bowed and eyes closed, I want you to also remember that the key, the rod of Jesse, the king, that's Jesus, the king, has the power to take care of your needs. And if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I've got some needs that I could use some help with, would you just lift up your hand right where you are? And again, we're not going to take the time to bring you forward, but just as a sign, yeah, all over. Who's saying, man, I've got some needs Yes, see, hands, sure, yes. I want you to know that we can cast our cares on Jesus. And that third piece, the day spring, he can take care of any dark clouds. I want to speak to those who've experienced darkness, depression, troubles. I, I, I want to just encourage, I know there's some, some individuals in the room that have lost loved ones this season. Jesus is the day spring. He's the sunrise. And he will not let you down. He can take care of the dark clouds that are looming. He's there. And this morning, or this afternoon at this point, I want to pray a blessing over us that God would seal these things in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirits, that we would leave here different because of the power of his word. Lord, I pray right now for each one in the sound of my voice. Lord, we're grateful that you are with us. You are, have the power to save. You have the power because you're the king to take care of our needs. And Lord, you do it better than anyone when we cast our cares on you. And Lord, you also can take care of the dark clouds, the the difficult seasons. And Lord, 
I just see a wind of your mercy just blowing through and that those dark clouds are removing and the sun, the Son of God is appearing in our lives. And Lord, we want to just take that with us. Lord, I pray that you would seal this moment. And God, as I often close these services, Lord, that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. God, do that as we make a difference, as we invite our guests this season. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. We love you. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.